We are changing the global conversation on emotional health and self-love. Our feelings are just feedback, and that feedback is constantly giving us valuable insights as to what still needs to be healed. It is that simple, and it is that complicated. When you continuously follow your passion and do what brings you joy, adding more pleasure and fun to your life, you can't go wrong. You can't fail. I pinky swear that to be true. Welcome to How to Be a Human with Lise Wilcox. I love this conversation. Hello, hello, and welcome back to How to Be a Human, the podcast with Lise Wilcox. Today's conversation, I can't even find the words. Today's conversation is so special and so important to me because as somebody who has been sober for almost three years, I feel like we can't stop having this conversation about sobriety. Part of my own experience in choosing this club soda life was getting breast cancer, getting a breast cancer diagnosis at age 36 and having that like switch go off. That was unquestionably the moment at which I stopped drinking uh, permanently. And when I chose to abstain from alcohol, when I looked back on all of the behavior patterns and dependencies and I would say addictions that I had had to booze as a supplement to, to my own emotional health, like filling my own emotional void with alcohol and enabling very bad decisions or masking or numbing out from having to make better decisions, alcohol was always there. And when I chose to quit drinking, I felt such an, a, a different kind of absence in my life because I love the culture of drinking. I've done a whole podcast on um, how, to, how to be sober uh, and still have a good time. Check that out because I give you all my techniques that I specifically used and still use uh, to make Friday night special just without alcohol. Um, and today I'm going deep into conversation with the founder of a company that I like that graces my shelves in my kitchen with sexy AF spirit. So sexy alcohol free. Joe, how are you? I'm doing great today. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Uh, I recorded a bit of a like a, a pre-intro to introduce you, just framing how happy I was and am to have found you and the work that you do with completely alcohol-free spirits. And I, I want to dig in a little bit about what led you to creating this very deeply desired and delicious product that you offer well, thank you so much. You know what? It stemmed from ultimately a girl's trip that I took. I was in California and I remember coming back to Calgary after the weekend thinking I had such a great time. And yet every time we went out for drinks and lunches, I was the only one drinking a cocktail or having a glass of wine. Mm -hmm. And I know some of my girlfriends don't drink for religious reasons. Mm -hmm. I absolutely understand that. But a few of them were not drinking for health reasons and you know, one was training for a marathon. Mm -hmm. The other one was wanting to maybe try to get pregnant and um, they had no choices. Mm -hmm. So they were like tea, water, pop. They didn't <laughs> want anything sugary. And yeah. then the bartender would say like, oh, well, I can make you anything you want. And mm -hmm. then they're like, well, I don't know what I want because I don't usually drink alcohol. So mm -hmm. I don't know. So it was just this awkwardness the whole time. It's so awkward. And it was so awkward. And I came back and I said to my husband, I said, I want to like, I want to make, make a really fun cocktail 
line or product or something that I can like go out with my girlfriends and then it doesn't make them feel socially exclusive yes like excluded or weird or like it's just like this nice smooth sure I'll have a cocktail AF or I'll have a a drink that's AF or you know and I was like oh AF AF alcohol free like what can I what can I create with this alcohol free mindset Mm -hmm. and that was my aha moment so ultimately it led just to me you know I didn't realize there was a problem to be solved, mm-hmm. but in being surrounded by my friends, just seeing what they were going through, I thought, no, there has to be a better way. Mm-hmm. There has to be a more socially acceptable way to say, I'm not consuming alcohol, but I really want to have a fun adult like yes. drink. It's so simple. And, you know, as we've opened 2020, like blew the doors open to having conversations about inclusivity. And I, I've never thought about it in this in this way before, but I love how you just said that this is a different, this is a totally different arm of inclusivity, like, and which I have felt excluded many times because of it. But how do you take people who are sober for one reason or another and invite them to the table in a really adult way that actually feels inclusive? Right. And, you know, like, pre-COVID, when you go to your friends' houses mm-hmm. for drinks, etc., usually if you aren't drinking, you would take your own yes. pop or your own, or you would just, you know, ask for water and then you'll be so bloated at the end of the evening from drinking 10 yes. liters of water. Yes, I've heard that enough times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember when I was pregnant the first time, and again, like my own personal story is that I 100%, I, I I was never an alcoholic, but I was addicted to alcohol. And, you know, I cut that back a little bit and it became, oh, good, an alcohol dependency. It's like not much better than an addiction, but it was such a social dependency. And I remember being pregnant for the first time, um, sitting at a patio with my then husband and a bunch of friends. And the server kept coming over and being like, can I bring you some more water? Can I bring you some more water? I was like, fucking no, I'm not fucking thirsty. Like, what are we doing here? And because when you only give somebody like a very functional drink or you swap one addiction to alcohol for another to sugar, you're not solving any problem, right? You're just, it's, it's totally not thinking of the user experience, which from like a business and brand building perspective, I'm like, this is such a blind spot that people don't understand. I would happily pay $20 for a mocktail. Like straight well, up. It's funny that you say that, Lise, because um, you know, in doing research into this whole world mm-hmm. of, I call it the sober curious movement. Yes. Um, and you know, one of the things that really stood out on the feedback that we got when we were doing these A/B testings and when we were researching and mm-hmm. having you know groups of people give us feedback is that the assumption is that all because you don't order a drink when you go out, it means that you're cheap. Yes. And yes. to your point exactly right now, Lise, is like. I want to, I don't care. I'll pay $20 for a really nice cocktail that's not full of sugar and it tastes yes. good. But the assumption is that, oh, you're so cheap because you don't want to pay, you know, $5 yeah. for a glass of wine. Or it, so, it, it's, there's so many assumptions embedded in there, right? Or you're recovering right. alcoholic or you're pregnant and you don't want to tell anybody. And it's like, mm-hmm. can we just strip this away and let people have personal freedom over how they want to spend their social life? Yeah. No, and 100%. And, you know, a lot of the time it's very personal too, Mm -hmm. like the pregnancy aspect. We have Mm -hmm. a lot of um, moms who are consumers that drink sex safe spirits because it does contain zero, 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 zero percent alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
a lot of them, if they are planning to, they don't really want to give away what they're planning on doing. Yes. Or they're trying to conceive or even that's personal on, on different levels as well. It is. So it's, it's just breaking down those barriers, those stigmas and, you know, really, really just being open to saying, you know what, I don't drink alcohol. You know, I personally, um, you know, used to love drinking wine, any kind of cocktail, mm-hmm. you name it, tequila shots. <laughs> and the older I got, I just can't do it. The hangovers are incredibly it's not worth long. It. As you get older. <laughs> There's that moment. It's like, oh God. I think I was talking with this, I was talking about this with somebody recently, and she was like, I don't think the hangovers get worse. I think we get better at remembering them. Like in your 20s, you're like, oh, this hangover is the worst. And then it's gone. And then in yeah. your 30s, you're well, like, oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember the pain. <laughs> I remember and I don't like it. And I really don't like it. (laughs) I want to get out of this party. Then you waste like two days recovering sometimes, right? You do. You do. And you know what? It's not fun. And I feel like, you know, Sex Safe Spirits, we launched the same week that COVID hit, which was very unfortunate. I didn't know you were that new. Oh, we're we're newbies. We're fresh at the alcohol-free industry. Oh my God. I may have been one of your first customers then. (laughs) amazing and we were supposed to launch you know sell direct to bars and restaurants mm-hmm. like that's how we positioned sex air spirits and then they all shut and closed down uh. so then we're like no so we had to do you know direct to consumer throw up a website mm-hmm. and th- there's this whole self-educational component mm-hmm. that comes with breaking down the barriers because now you're you're your own bartender in your own house yes to be like oh what do i do with this product Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's educating them. We're saying, well, the virgin is as if you were pouring yourself a gin and tonic. Yes. So you treat one ounce of ours as you would an ounce of actual alcohol mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of go from there because it is an educational component. Mm-hmm. When I first started making cocktails at home, playing around with the products, I myself was like, okay, so how do I make a hanky panky? Or how yeah. do I make, like, it looks too fancy for me to make at home. Yeah. And then if you break it down, you're like, actually, no, I can make all this stuff. And I have half the ingredients in my fridge. Yeah. I have the amazing, I have cherries, I, you mm-hmm. name it. I can, mm-hmm. I can make a really fun cocktail in my house at home with my husband, with my partner, mm-hmm. with whoever. And, and you're having a good time doing it as well. So again, it's about the experience mm-hmm. and having fun with, what you're drinking and consuming. Absolutely. So you touched on so many things that I want to uh, go deeper into. So starting with this COVID entry point, right? Um, What is, so I'm in Ontario, I'm just outside of Toronto, and all of our alcohol distribution is government owned, uh, and it's called the LCBO. What, is there an equivalent in Calgary that it's like a, 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 um, a provincial store to go and buy booze? Um, you know what? It's very, very different um, from where you guys are. Okay. I've, I've looked into it a lot, and I think we are um, in the process of venturing into the LCBO world. Okay. Um, we are creating sex safe spirits. Every single um, requirement mm-hmm. is aligned with the LCBO because we know it's a difficult industry to get into. Huge, um, with yeah. To, to that area. Um, and saying that we are in Calgary, Alberta, mm-hmm. and um, it is a bit more laxed for sure. Okay. So interestingly, when COVID first hit, and it was, remember, we thought it was going to be two weeks and like nobody knew where the finish line was. And it was just like a shit show and kind of still is. But um, at the beginning, there was so much conversation about what is an essential service, what is not. And the moment that the Ontario government declared the LCBO, 
to be an essential service made my mouth almost hit the floor because the subtext there is that our government knows the extent of addiction and they can't mm -hmm. shut the LCBO because it would have overwhelmed the hospitals with people going through the DTs. That's a problem for me. Like that's a really, really large problem that alcoholism has become so normalized that we have You're to treat right. it as an essential service. In yeah, in South Africa, when um, COVID hits, they, they closed all the liquor stores, et cetera. Um, and people threw their arms up in the air and they yeah. didn't like it. But in hindsight, there's less injuries, there's yes. less, you know, everything. But you then you're battling with the addiction side alone. Yes. Um, so just to your point, that they know the extent that just how addictive alcohol yes. is and like you said like what you keeping it open why and then you the next day you read stories that people are drinking two three bottles of wine a night oh yeah can't and you know but that's still okay yet we're going through like a pandemic yeah I know it's just it's shocking to me like the number of, and this is a totally different subject I know but I'm just really passionate about it that um there are so many functional alcoholics. You know, we think of alcoholism like, oh, somebody's hiding. You're not an alcoholic until you're hiding vodka in the toilet tank. And it's like, no, when you come home from work and you must have a drink or you to have sex with your partner, you must have a drink or to go out with your friends, you must have a drink or there's a celebration, you must have a drink or you're having a bad. It's like when you just must have a drink to reach, uh, to numb something out, like we have a really big problem on our hands, right? And I absolutely absolutely fell into that category that I had built a life and lifestyle around my dependency to alcohol. So when I got a breast cancer diagnosis and it was like, woof, okay, alcohol's gone. Like that's, that's not happening anymore. The other problem for me, there was so much great stuff that came out of that, obviously, because it made me go even deeper in self-reflection of who I was as a person and what I valued and what I still had to heal from like prior wounding. Um, but the downside is that I'm really into food and cocktail culture. Like I love the restaurant vibe. I love cocktail culture. I love making a road trip. We're doing a road trip just to get a specific ingredient at a distillery. And so for me, going sober was not just a lifestyle change in, in terms of choosing alcohol, like no alcohol, but it was a mega lifestyle change because all of a sudden this hobby that I had cultivated and like, you know, throwing on my, my record player and listening to like, or listening to great music and mixing great drinks. And like, you know, the evening's getting sexier, the candles are burning. Suddenly it was like, oh shit, I can't do that because pouring a bottle of sparkling water into like an, a bottomless glass does not have the same effect, right? No. <laughs> Baby, can I get you another Pellegrino? Like it's not the same thing. <laughs> anyway, so for me, when I found, and there are a couple of Canadian companies who are just killing it, and yours is one of them, especially when I found you, that you had, like you have enabled me to have a completely dry bar. So, you know, back to when we can entertain again, like for now, I just do this on my own, but like the ability to infuse everything that I love about this restaurant cocktail, like kind of bougie living lifestyle, the fact that I can now keep that without the insidious nature of alcohol addiction, like 
the first time I made a Negroni in my kitchen, I think I posted a video on Instagram for people with the recipe, but I, the first time I made an alcohol-free Negroni, I just cried because I was like, oh, fuck, Aww. I'm doing it. Like, this is yeah. exactly what I yeah. want to that, and that's amazing. That's that's so good to hear. And like you said, a dry bark. When your friends come over that yeah. aren't drinking, you know, you I have something to offer you and you have something to offer yourself. Yeah. And you know, you you yourself touched on so many good points. I think um, socially a lot of people drink. I know I did because I was really um, nervous or anxious yes. uh, in the social setting. So I would attend lots of events and conferences and just be like so overwhelmed yes. that if I didn't have something in my hand to like sip or, or pretend I'm, you know, enjoying or doing something with yeah. my hands and just, just the anxiety around it. And, you know, even speaking about that and being open about it, yeah. it's astounding how many people feel the exact same way. Absolutely. And um, along with that is that I didn't know that alcohol causes, you know, a lot of cancer, but in yeah. addition to throat cancer, Oh, I didn't and know that, that. That scared the living shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. That was a trigger for me to be like, hold on. Mm-hmm. What carcinogens are you putting into your body? Mm-hmm. And the fact that you get throat cancer amongst many other cancers. But especially God, for women. Why are we allowed to drink this shit? Well, I, it's just like, it's crazy to me. I, I really believe that. I don't know what it was like growing up in South Africa, but like growing up in Canada and I'm sure in the US in the 80s, 90s, like even in the 80s, you could still smoke in restaurants and then they divided like coffee shops and restaurants into smoking sections and non-smoking sections, which is hilarious because like, Oh, don't worry. The smoke won't go from, you know, this side of the 20 foot room to the other side of the 20 foot room. Okay. (laughs) Nope. We just declared it. We put this velvet rope down the middle. There's no smoke going over there. But um, like now we live in a totally different world. And when I, you know, I was going through a rough patch in my 30s and it felt very bad girl to start smoking. And I smoked for like three months. And then I was like, what fresh hell is this? Like, this is such a stupid thing to do. I think that in like 10 years, we will start to look back at alcohol and be like, what were we thinking? Like, how was it so omnipresent in our lives? It is such a, it's a literal toxic substance that we're putting into our bodies it's knocking us out for two days with hangovers and we're like okay you guys want to go for drinks tonight <laughs> well exactly at least you know what alcohol is the only drug that someone asks you why aren't you taking it yes why aren't you having yes. this drug why having alcohol yes and it's just so backwards in that sense yeah that you know here's a drug it's totally legal yes um it's it's so beyond crazy how far we've come and now articles are coming out saying that alcohol is the new cigarettes yes you know give it time the big the big companies are jumping on board coming out with, with their afna products right on. um but even an article this morning that i reposted on linkedin from a few years ago uh stated that um so you have it says drink responsibly mm-hmm. from a lot, a lot of the large alcohol companies mm-hmm. And so what does drink responsibly mean <laughs> to anyone? Mm-hmm. Because right now, now, the, you know, the new new is that, you know, the, the best amount of alcohol to have is zero. Mm-hmm. So drink responsibly is that you can have two drinks or three drinks or five or 10 mm-hmm. or 20, you know, because they didn't really explain. It was like mm-hmm. non-descriptive as to what drink responsibly means. Mm-hmm. Um, same when you, when you are smoking cigarettes, you know, smoke may cause this is this. Yes. But I feel like, you know, we're, we're unleashing this whole like 
what why are we still drinking alcohol and making it legal and yes. it's still okay and like there's all these just double standards left right and center yeah. so you know let's make that let, let's end it let's make it so that yes alcohol is very very addictive mm-hmm. it shouldn't not be illegal you know obviously as an alcohol-free company we're not 100 percent against alcohol because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that consume alcohol that are our customers mm-hmm. they want to drink six sexy spirits as a bridge drink yes so they're on the fence they're they're on the sober fence going um i love drinking you know my gin and tonic yeah. but i want a bridge drink so i'm going to drink virgin and tonic yeah. okay that's great and then you'll see them being a repeat customer repeat customer and then they like quit drinking yeah because they they just realize the benefits of exactly not, not a, cutting back, reducing, and then to the point of being, oh my God, this is amazing. And mm-hmm. if you're on social media, have a look at the stories of I'm a hundred days sober, I'm yeah. 200 days sober, and their lives just feel, get better and better and better and better. It's unbelievable. You know? And I feel like as we commit more, like we're more open about committing to our mental health, emotional health, physical health, spiritual health, you know, this is, this is just another layer that it's like, when we start, you know, when you become so entrenched in a pattern, you don't think about it anymore. You just do it, right? Like you just go through the motions. And I think that is huge with alcohol consumption. You know, like when we as a country very recently um, decriminalized or legalized marijuana, we were starting to have these conversations like, wait a second, why are we doing this? Well, if we can drink, how come we can't smoke up? And it's like, okay, so that doesn't make it right. <laughs> like just because you can do one thing doesn't mean we should open the gate to a totally different thing. Um, and for me, again, like this government-owned liquor store, they also provide a quarterly beautiful publication called Food and Drink Magazine. Like the f- food photography is so beautiful. They have great products. They'll give you playlists to play with, to pair with all the different menus they offer that's each paired to a different wine or spirit. And, you know, out of context, I was like, can you imagine going to the cocaine store owned by the government, getting like this beautiful glossy magazine that's like, hey, I hear you're really into Coke. May we recommend? It's like, whoa, no, that doesn't feel right. It's like, okay, so then why does this feel so acceptable? It's not acceptable. It's just something that we've become so entrenched in culturally for generations, well, I know. For but generations, yeah, yeah. And to your point as well, the whole mommy culture of drinking, like I have to drink to like manage my kids or yeah. that whole, it's, I know that is an easy, slippery slope to get into. Huge. And then you st- take a step back and you're like, that is not okay. That, you know, the jokes about mommy has to hide in her closet to drink a glass of wine and I know. get the kids dinner. Or, I know. That is that is beyond like I don't get that. I don't get it either. I wrote I wrote a piece for CBC on this not too long ago about like the toxicity of mommy wine culture. And some women react very oops. They react very adversely, right? It's like being a parent is hard enough. Like, do you have to take this from us too? And that's not the point. It's not a judgment. It's it's an awareness of like Exactly as you said, if we start to normalize, oh yeah, this is what parenting looks like, hiding in the closet with a bottle of wine, or don't worry, just push through it because at five o'clock you can start drinking. It's like, I have lived that and it's not the right thing to do. It's not right for anybody and it's not okay to normalize it. Like instead, maybe we could shift our attention to, wow, 
parenting is really difficult. Being a mother in particular is very difficult. So how do we offer more resources to fucking parents who need the support with taking care of their children, not normalizing in meme culture to lock themselves in the fucking closet with a bottle of wine? <laughs> right, exactly. And that'll just normalize it yeah. just to show how difficult it is to parents and you juggling a full-time job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, life as hard as it is, you know, pre-pandemic and during pandemic and yeah. you're homeschooling kids. It's so and you've got to make dinner and you've got to take the dog for a walk and, 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 and the list goes on and on forever. Mm-hmm. And instead of squashing down those feelings and just burying them at the bottom of a bottle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm also a huge advocate of mental health mm-hmm. um, personally in, in my family and in my life. Um, we've dealt with it quite intensely and, you know, it, it's a depressant. Yes. So you, you're like, oh, have a drink. It'll make you feel better. Yes. And then you're like, no, I'm really depressed the next day from drinking yeah, because I know. I'm depressed. <laughs> um, it's, and alcohol too, it's, it's not even really the substance that gives you those feelings. It's the company you're with, or it's the, it's the almost like placebo effect, right. Of like, um, so I have NLP training, neuro-linguistic programming training, and we work exclusively with the subconscious mind. And there is a technique that I, I have never done this, but I could do this. You can get somebody drunk simply by creating an environment that feels like you're drunk by working with the subconscious. And it's, it's wild to watch it happen. You turn on the right music, you crank it, you get people to like unbutton their shirt a little bit. You give them something cold to hold in their hand and you watch it happen. You watch people start to act drunk because it's actually such a social thing to do, right? So it's like, okay, if it's not actually the booze that's getting people drunk, it's the environment that is lubricating that social situation to allow them to feel like their anxiety is not present or that allows them to feel more engaged and included. You can actually swap out the booze entirely and keep every other aspect of the environment the same. And you will still get those same effects of like, it is getting a little sexy in here. Or like I could go for another, another round or like, I, I totally feel comfortable being on the dance floor. I completely feel I'm okay to approach this person, right? Like, it's such a it's such a mind bender. You don't need alcohol to do that. You just need the right environment to be able to do you that. Really, you really, really do. And you know, some people say, "Oh, they call it a botanical buzz." Like I'm really uh, feeling yeah. it. And I gotta say, there's nothing in there. It's botanicals, yes, yes, yes. but there's nothing to give you that that, yes. that effect of what you said. It's just it's imitating and mimicking what you know, setting the scene, yeah. like you said, the music and the lights and the unbuttoned shirt and then yeah. something cold in your hand, all of that stuff, it sets the tone, you know, it, it's fascinating. You put a good looking man on my couch, turn on some Motown and turn the lights down and like, give me <laughs> sexy AF, like it's going to get real in here. <laughs> or it's not going to, because I'm not attracted to him and I have all the faculties to make that beautifully empowered sexual decision to not hook up. (laughs) Your standards have not dropped. You don't have double vision and you don't have... (laughs) I shouldn't even laugh about this, but like I'm so far away from it now. But I remember a few years ago, I remember being on a date with somebody in Toronto and I was not into him, but I was definitely into hooking up. And I was like, I'm not attracted to him, but 
like a few more old fashions, this is going to get the job done. It's like, that's so weird. That's so weird to, to go through that. Problem. Like, what was I thinking? And then, you know, your buzz wears off and it's like, I got to get the fuck out of this apartment. Like as fast yeah, as I can. I'm never drinking again. I'm never drinking. <laughs> For real this time. I'm never drinking again. <laughs> So what are, what's the, I know you just added a new product. What's like the full catalog of what you sell now? Uh, so currently we have five products and you're right. We just launched our Frisky Whiskey. It's amazing. Which is super amazing. And we have the Amaro, the Apertis, mm-hmm. the Triple Sexy and the Virgin. So as you can tell by the names, it's super fun and flirty mm-hmm. and bold and sexy and classy and we really just wanted to have fun with the brand Mm -hmm. and you know just make it bold and stand out there and and don't be afraid to venture into the the alcohol free Mm -hmm. world and the Mm -hmm. sober curious world I think that's brilliant marketing because it already makes it more cheeky right it already puts (laughs) listen to how into sex I am but like it already puts me in the state of like yes yes I can see where this evening (laughs) is taking us well, and the AF stands for alcohol free. I so know. The AF, some of them are like, oh, I know what it really means. Wink, yeah. wink. Like, you got it, girl. Yeah. So not too long ago, I saw a, that you shared on your Instagram that you were on Jimmy Kimmel doing shots. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So that was a, a whole nother laugh that I did lead. Wow. Um, I'm a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. I was at South by Southwest. Um for oh. 10 days and um I'd, I'd gone by myself I was uh trying to promote my tech company that I was working on and I was being a woman in the tech industry is crazy wild yeah, yeah. and very difficult but I'd gone um to to listen to some um guest speakers and yeah. to learn more about the industry and it was one of the last few days I was there and I got a free um, it was it's free to go you know when mm-hmm. they were filming the show so I went by myself and I was sitting in the front row and it was St. Patrick's Day so almost you know to the day a couple of years ago oh and God. Guillermo uh, J- Julia Louise Dreyfus came up on stage and him and her and Jimmy were talking and um she brought up they were doing tequila shots and then <laughs> someone in the audience was like no those that's not real like Jimmy Kimmel's not actually going to do a shot <laughs> and so it got the audience going so then he said Guillermo you go go choose anyone from the audience to come up and do a shot with us to um to make sure that it's like the real deal oh my god and I'm sitting there by myself going please don't take me please oh don't my god and Guillermo takes my hand so off we go up on the stage and Lisa it was so funny because here I am I'm wearing like my tag around my neck like my <laughs> conference tag I'm wearing jeans that I don't even know how old they were and hadn't been washed in days I'd been there for almost two weeks oh my god and um we do the shots and then straight afterwards people thought I was part of the show they thought I worked for Jimmy Kimmel and they thought it was a big setup and <laughs> it, was, it was so funny and I was like no I'm just I'm from Canada and I'm just here at a conference and they couldn't believe that it was that real <laughs> that's so funny that's so funny. Oh, one of my, the one of the first podcasts that I did in this season uh, was with my friend Tyler Merritt from Nashville, and he is like personal friends with Jimmy Kimmel. And now you're here talking about Jimmy Kimmel. I have a spatula in my kitchen with Jimmy Kimmel's face on it. I feel like 
this is leading me to meet Jimmy Kimmel at some point. The moment's coming. It's going to be soon. (laughs) Oh, that's such a cool story. That's such a cool story. Yeah, it was so random. And I texted my husband going, honey, I'm going to be on national US television tonight. That and is unreal. And He's like, no, you are not. Like, I mean, you could. I've done shots with Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> He's like, of course you did. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And then a year later, you launched Sexy AF. Um, no, so that was, um, I saw Jimmy in 2015. Oh, okay. And I launched um, sexy last year so mm-hmm. a couple of years gotcha yeah. well that is fascinating um where can people find you and not more importantly but you know also importantly <laughs> sorry <laughs> <For me. laughs> sure you're here but where do we get your where do we get your goods where can people shop sexy af i love it so you can shop directly on sexyafspirits.com and we're also in here in Alberta, we're in the Wine and Beyonds mm. and Sobeys um, liquor stores. Right on. And we're on um, soberdry.com. It's an online vendor. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we're going to be, you know, um, in the LCBO soon if, right they, if they like our product and want us. But yeah, direct, direct to our website is the best for consumers right now. And you had mentioned that if people use code Wilcox, they can take 15% off. Yes, that's so absolutely. Awesome. So that's, that's effective as of today. Thank so you. you can use it as many times as you want. Share the code with your friends. Thank you. And have fun with Sexy AF Spirits. That's so, thank you so much. I've had three clients in the past six months who, and I'm not a, I'm not a therapist. I'm not an addictions counsel, counselor by any means, but um, I've had three clients that I've helped like with sobriety uh, in the past six months. And, and it's because of exactly your products that it's like, oh, cool. So you take everything you love about drinking and you replace it with this, this, and that, and bam, you don't have an issue anymore. I know that addiction runs deeper than that, but for so many people who are just breaking the habit and they don't feel safe to break it because of anxiety, because of social stuff, um, like it's, it's this simple. And again, I have like three client testimonials to, to back that up in addition to my own glowing review over and over again. So awesome to hear. It's so, so incredible. And, you know, that just shows that hopefully we're doing a good enough job and we're working hard every single day to bring the choices and options to people who are are wanting to not drink or are curious about it. Mm -hmm. And just to make them feel, you know, like you said, that there are, you know, there are good products out there. Mm -hmm. And um, I would just stress, be careful, because there's a difference between non-alcoholic and alcohol-free. Yeah. So if you are trying to quit completely, um, definitely stick to the alcohol-free products yeah. because the non-alcoholic products still have um, alcohol in them. Yes. So just something to be aware of as a consumer when you're when you're doing your research. It's an excellent distinction. Yeah. Um, where can people connect with you on social? On social, on all our platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, you name it. Uh, our ha- handle is sexy AF spirits, all one word. Awesome. My final question for you is what do you, when I say like, how do you be a human? What does that mean to you? What's your best advice as to how to really be a human? For me, first and foremost is to be kind Mm -hmm. and to, you never know what's 
what struggles other people are going mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. So for, in my eyes, in my mind is to be kind and it doesn't cost anything. And it's, I don't know. I, there's so many things that run mm-hmm. through my mind when it comes to this question, mm-hmm. but yeah, ultimately is, is to be kind and loving and it's free to do and mm-hmm. just be compassionate because that really goes a long way in people's lives when they are struggling and, and you don't know what they're going through. I will drink to that. <laughs> Cheers from here. Cheers to that virtual ting ting. Thank you so much. <laughs> there is no magic formula, except knowing that the magic formula is that we are all figuring this out, that there is no real end point. Each and every one of us is in a process of self-creation. What if there is no right way? What if there is no wrong way? What if there's just your way? How freeing would it be to know that every decision you make is the right decision for you? Can you love yourself enough to detach from outcome or from judging that things are good or bad and accepting that they just are? Yeah, you fucking can.